Welcome to No Man's Land, brought to you by Tennis Zone Plus, Washington, D.C.'s premier tennis retailer. So, how was the match? Oh, match was, uh, match was phenomenal. You, uh, I, I like to call myself some Olive Garden, serving up some breadsticks today, baby. 6-1, 6-1, nice little, nice little cruisy victory. All you, no, no help from the partner, or was it just? Oh, like she was, she job? was great. Uh, like I, I, Melanie's awesome. Um, for everybody out there wondering, it's uh it's it's eight oh mix. That's the season, it's the season for mix. Melanie's like five two, like seventy three pounds. Like a strong gust of wind can probably knock her off the court. But like she plays like she's five eight and like is like taking overheads and and like volleying everything she can. She like gets to the net with like her forty eight mile an hour serve. She's like popping a little 48 mile hour serve and all he hears these little feet scuttering in and like picking volleys off her ankles. She played great. It was awesome. Um, and the guy I knew I played against the guy once before and he was like a real showboaty guy. He actually hit an underhand serve during the match, which I like tattooed back as like as hard as I could. <laughs> it was, it was clean. And the match was, uh, I, uh, the match was over, I think in 26 minutes, mm. was no more than 30 minutes and, no less than 25. I'm glad we I'm glad we did an hour and a half before your match. So you got to look at it. <laughs> well, I owe a little bit of gratitude to uh to Coley boy here because Cole served so well when we were hitting that um that like this guy who was like a solid 4-0, uh his serve looked like a pancake. It, it was I was sitting there, the thing was coming in like a beach ball. It was like the Mario, like Mario tennis side of the ball was like coming in at you like that. It was so easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah after i you know clock some in there oh yeah uh, what we say right probably around like 115 mph it's just easy for kilometers. Keith after that right <laughs> i'd say 115 kilometers i, I get kilometers an hour yeah I, I think you're forgetting cole so we started playing points after we warmed up and i get to the other side and cole comes up to play his two points and hits a he served volleys, but he, the volley was a jumping Monfils overhead smash winner, like dude out of this world. Like, and, and, yeah, I mean, we got to get out there more, man. I think Friends I'm going to go- drop three points off that one overhead, just like instantly down like three points. <laughs> <laughs> me and Fed are on the same side, and he goes up to play two points, and he's serving deuce uh, deuce side to you, and he goes. Serve him wide again after he served <laughs> you three, three times wide. I just, just absolutely paid it. Like it wasn't even it wasn't even on the line. Things moving like ninety miles an hour, like like three feet over the net, like just like two feet away from the line. I'm just like, oh. good point. I'm like walking to the other side. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. I mean, I mean, I, we played some paddle this weekend, so I think you know, I think that's where I and the importance of getting the serve in helped me out this week. I mean, that game is just so much fun. Even like personally, I like tennis so much more in terms of like the two sports, but I love the social aspect of paddle and it's great for any club because it's just going to keep membership growing because it keeps the rackets program year long. And Mm -hmm. like, we had a blast doing it. Like you guys have never really played it. I hadn't played in like a year and we had uh, my friend Alex Kane out and he's been playing it pretty regularly for like five years. And it was like, we played like five sets in like an hour and a half. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, a couple I, of those, I, a couple of those were like, uh, what do they call the? What was that like tiebreak tens or something like that they played? <laughs> they kind of felt like that. A couple yeah, of yeah. I remember that. It was like it felt like the length of a WTT match. 
Like that's what it kind of felt like, but we played like, like, but we played so many sets and it was yeah. like rotating partners. We're drinking beer during it. Like, you know, cl- this was on the losing end of all of those sets. <laughs> no, you won the first. No, you guys won the first. You and Fred nope, nope, that first one. We lost 7 6 in the breaker. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had. Um, I think we got, me five, off. We, got, we got to five all and Cole dumped a volley. And then it was six <laughs> five. Oh, yeah. So, and then we changed ends and lost. Fred, was yeah. it easy to wake up at 3 30 in the morning knowing, just remembering that volley that Cole dumped? You're like, oh. Okay, is it, we can watch the match now. <laughs> yeah, and then watching Medvedev dump a few more than just a volley, and then I was able oh. to fall right back to sleep. <laughs> I think it's time, yeah. just like when it comes to that, just like it, it's time to recognize just how good Djokovic is, and no matter how much we may dislike him as a group, like I, I speak a little bit on your guys' behalf, but Medvedev seventy-two percent of his first serves or something like that during the match. And it looked like he didn't make a serve for the entirety, like the entirety of the time. Like he played defensive tennis from point one. And like, what are you supposed to do against that? If you're actually like hitting first serves in and you're, that's supposed to be a big weapon in modern game. He was, he was rushing. Like the Russian was rushing and like, he just doesn't, he's usually at least when he's been on this like tear that he's been on, he's very, he's pretty mild mannered and he's calm and cool and collected and he's taking his time and he's very calculated with what he's doing. And I just felt like the point ended and five seconds later, he's ready to play the next one, the entire three sets. And when Novak's in a groove like that, you were just feeding into his groove and he didn't, like he was getting, he broke a racket. He got, he was getting frustrated. He's looking at his box every five minutes he hasn't been doing that the last four months when he won, what, 21 straight matches or whatever it was? Yeah, I'll come back to you, Keith. I mean, I mean, yeah, you got to give the guy – you got to give the guy his due. I mean, he's 18 slams now. He's two away. What is he, like 33 years old? He's, he's an arguably – he's arguably like the GOAT. I mean, yes. I mean, he's an epic player, and I can't take anything away from him. All my issues with him stem from uh, just like the way he carries himself. Like, he's an asshole. Yeah, just he's just kind of like you know, he's 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 injured. He's got an oblique injury, and then he's telling everybody like, you'll hear all about it in the upcoming documentary about myself. Like, like it's just like, and then you know how he reacts to the fans when like it's an all-Serbian crowd. Like, I don't I don't understand it. Um, so to me, I, I, it's just like how you carry yourself when it's not just like you know your skill on the tennis court. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there. There's two things that I took away from it. And like one, I touched on, on that like article I wrote for you guys, which talking about like what makes Djokovic like the goat is that like, is that he's both the greatest of all time. I think right now, just because, and it doesn't mean he's the most talented. I think it just means he's the greatest of all time right now, because nobody plays the game in almost like a cleaner fashion. Like the dude is a machine that also has pop from both wings. But the problem is with Djokovic is that I was thinking about this on the car ride today was that, is it unlike McEnroe, who was like an asshole too for the entirety of his career, for the most part, like he was kind of a, a jerk and like Connors, who was a jerk. They didn't try to be world ambassadors. They didn't try to like be the guy, like they didn't try to be the Federers and the Nadals. Like you have to have a special personality for that. And I think if Djokovic would have just been like, hey, I'm good. I have my faults. And like went like not the wayside, but like, and in essence, let his game do more of the talking instead of him being front and center all the time. I think he'd be remembered as a greater player in, in essence 
or as a greater person because we would live with his faults. That's always been kind of my thing recently with Djokovic is that he's like a goat in like personality is in like you can't stand him and he like falls short at all occasions. But on the court, he's just such a great player. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on the same page. I'm like, and I think the exact same thing, like you just said, like he's so good on the court and I think he would be more well-received if he just accepted the villain role and he doesn't, he tries. It's what Kyrgios calls him out and says, man, you're just trying to be liked every, you just want everyone to like you. And you can't go, you can't go about it that way because there's only a handful of people that can be liked by everybody. And how did he get to this point? Like, how did he get to this level of, like, dislike from – I mean, recently, yeah, the Adria tour and all that stuff. And, you know, some of the things he says. But, like, how did he get here from, like, 20, 2006, 2007, 2008? It's, like, what you, it's what you talked about. It's the way he carries himself. He, he's not – He's not likable on the court with his antics, in my opinion, and the way he treats re- the referees and the way he treats other people and, and things like that. But then exactly what Keith said, he comes off the court and tries to act like none of that happened and he's the greatest thing for the sport and he wants to do everything right. And I, I appreciate that he wants to grow the sport and do what he can in this, what is he trying to lead, like the players' organization, something to yeah. make more money. It- like, but you're the guy who's the reason they're not making more money because you're holding it all at the top of the game. And so I, I, I don't know. I appreciate what he's doing, but at the same time, you can't do what he does on the court and then come off the court and not accept all the, the villain role. And it's, I think it's and there's, and there's a little bit of fault for us as a fan base too, because I think of the timing a little bit of Djokovic as well we were all so set into Fed Nadal. Like that was the thing from like 2005, like, you know, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007. And just into 2008 when Djokovic makes his breakthrough at the Australian open, which he can't lose. I don't know what it is about that hard court that they keep changing. They change the hard court there. It doesn't matter for him. He goes down under and he's like Pete Sampras on, on, on grass. And, and it's like, he came in such an odd time that we wanted to almost dislike him because it was so hard for us to now switch fandoms. Like you weren't going to leave the Fed camp and go to Djokovic. You weren't going to leave the Nadal camp and go to the Djokovic camp. So then it became like hip to like Djokovic, like a hipster move. And then he just never backed anything up in terms of like who he was as a person compared to the Nadal and Federer to help those fans out. So he never swayed anybody. Like it's a, it's a combination of so many aspects, but it's hard to dislike his game. It's just so hard to dislike his game. Well, let's, Go ahead, Freddie. You want to give a closing I, thought on that before I change it to it? Yeah, yeah. I, I had someone shoot me a text and just said, "Hey," and they're not really big into tennis, and and so, but they were watching the Australian Open and they follow all the big guys, and they sort of asked me, "Is is Djokovic good for tennis?" And, and I had one guy that didn't really. He doesn't know, and so he was asking my opinion. And another guy in the group chat was sort of saying, "No, he's not. He's he's terrible for the game of tennis." and so I'm just curious on what your guys' thoughts are on that. I think, I mean, I think he's great for the game. Um, I compare it to basketball. I mean, a lot of people didn't like Kobe Bryant. I lost my train of thought here. Oh, I, I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, he's good for the game. Djokovic is good for the game. You need somebody like that to like, kind of polarize you um, and make you, make you appreciate how good he actually is without you wanting him to be that good. 
Um, and then, but you know, he, he bounces stuff out with like Djokovic with a uh, Federer and Nadal. I, I think it's good because you always have these ultimate rivalries and you have these ultimate matchups. And yeah, I mean, just Fed's playing Djokovic and Nadal. I'm I'm going to sit down and watch it. If if you know if, if Nadal's playing Djokovic, I'm going to sit down and watch it. Like, it's these are the best ever. Because you're witnessing greatness, like you know it. Even how much you don't. Oh like yeah. It. Yeah. I, to to answer your question though, Freddie, he's not good for the casual fan. For some reason, he's not good for the casual fan. I, I come at this from two different angles. As a former coach, he's great for coaches. Like, that's what we want to build in our students is that game. Like, is like more than a backboard, but a guy who does not miss but goes for balls and just has court awareness and adds stuff to his game all the time. Like, he's changed his serve. He's added more drop shots. He's come to the net a little bit more. Like, he's done these things that we don't notice for the casual fan. It's, it's hard because he's just like – He's so dislikable, but he's he, he's not great for the casual fan, but he's great for, for those that care about tennis a lot. That's my complete thought is, like, he's – whether he's playing Sinego or he's playing Medvedev or Federer, you have to tune in and watch because his level of – he's not going to go out there. He'll win two and two, but it's going to be a really good to watch as a tennis fan two and two. But as the casual fan – He's not the Nick Kyrgios flair, and that's what some of the casual sports fans want to see, and they want to see them, the crowd getting a little more involved and things like that, or they want to see Federer and Nadal, those stoic guys who have been the class of the sport for so long. And so that's a complete – That my take – when I answered that group chat with those guys was, I think he's great for tennis. I don't think he's great for the casual fan, which is exactly what you said. So. Yeah. Well, I wanted to change gears a bit and just get your guys' take on like what the hell these younger guys got to do to break through, man. Is it take? Does it take this like pandemic where no one plays except for, uh, except for Djokovic, and then Djokovic, you know, goes out, and, you know, has that incident with the line judge, and then Fed Nadal are just away from the game because man, they just cannot get through these aging greats. Freddie, you you want to take that because I have a good. A- yeah, I mean, it's t- it's tough. I, I, for a bit, I th- I think it was mentally mentally challenging. Obviously, just because you're going up against guys you grew up watching, and so kind of it's when they say, "Oh, don't meet your hero" or whatever. These guys are playing their heroes night in and night out, and so I think at first that was a little difficult. And now that most of these young guns have played Novaks. Nadal and Federer multiple times they're sort of getting a little, a little bit more comfortable and so I think with time it's it's gonna help but yeah they're aging and so I don't know I, I don't have a great answer to that to be honest I, I was thinking about this last night when going to bed at 5 45 after a match <laughs> quicker than my doubles match today um, you couldn't even get the Bloody Marys ready. Right I couldn't even get. A, I couldn't even have enough time to get a Bloody Mary. Like it was really sad. Like it was. It was a depressing match. Like I was so sad that the alcohol would have made it worse, <laughs> which was probably necessary. It, it, how bad that match was. Like Cole, you and I almost fell asleep in the at the end of the match. You serving out. Oh, like, I woke up. I woke up and Djokovic was starfish. <laughs> it was. It was. The, the thing is that there's. I don't think there is a way for them to break through. I think that the biggest disappointment I had from last night was not in Medvedev, was not in Sitsi Pass, was not in Zverev, was not anybody. 
it was just that this generation it, it does not have a guy who's going to win 10 slams mm. in his career. It just, it, we get so spoiled and we're looking and that's why that match hurts so much is we keep looking for that next guy. Like I kind of like you, you made a basketball comparison to this, like, like, and Freddie, I'm going back to what you said about like, you know, playing your, like your idol. Like when Allen Iverson crossed up Michael Jordan, that was sick, but Allen Iverson was really good and could not win a championship. Yeah. Like those guys really had trouble winning a lot. And for how great Kobe was, never achieved the same dominance that Michael Jordan did. And Jordan like barely achieved the dominance that like Bill Russell did in the generation before. Is it there is no once in a generational talent here? I think there's a lot of really good tennis players. And it's gonna test the sport a lot to see if fans are still willing to tune in to watch a guy like I think Sitsi Pass wins three in his career. I think Medvedev wins like five in his career. I think Zverev is going to eventually win two or three in his career. And somebody else is going to come along and have to win these events. But we're not, we don't know who that's going to be yet because it's just the divide between this great, these greats and the rest is big and the rest are really good. Yeah. I, I should have, what I should have, uh, I should have, you know, made that smaller and, and specified the slams only because if you looked at the record last night, uh, Medvedev's three and four against Djokovic. And how many? How? What about in five sets? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, mean, I bet it's zero and two. And that was going in. So now it's yeah. five. Now Djokovic is five and three against the guys. So I mean, the guys, these, there's no, there's no question they can't compete with these guys. No, so they can't. But they can't. Like the dominance that we're expecting is is this not going to happen? It's, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. It's. Yeah. They're just these guys are too good. We got so spoiled with like Federer being like the most elegant player and Nadal being like the most mentally grinding beast on the tennis court, and Djokovic just being like so good at the game that we forget that like the rest of these guys are human. And like Medvedev played a below average match and didn't even look like he belonged on the same court, let alone like he didn't look like he belonged on the tour with Djokovic. Yeah, that match. And this guy's good, he won 21 straight matches. I think I think this this season's gonna be very telling. I think a lot of people, and it pains me to say this, but I think a lot of people are gonna be getting Federer this year. I think he's gonna have double digit. Well, I think he's gonna have probably like twelve to thirteen to fifteen losses this year if he plays that many tournaments. If he plays that many tournaments, which I don't think he's going to, but I I think he could have a a shockingly like average season. Uh, on every other service besides grass, like I just, I just think that it's, it's, it's time. Like it's, it's he's thirty nine. So Serena. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as far as like uh, Nadal and Djokovic, those guys look like they could go for another three years at their peak. Djokovic, In my honest Nadal, opinion, no. Djokovic, yes, Nadal, no. Yeah. I, I just don't think Nadal. He's doing everything he can to shorten points up, and it's still not. It's not his natural game, and he reverts back like he did against Sitsi Pass when he got into trouble, looping everything because he had to, because it wasn't working to do his natural stuff, like to do this stuff that Moya is correctly doing to shorten points for him, trying to make so he's not killing his knees and his back and his arms. Yeah. When was the last time we saw Rafael Nadal get out physical on a tennis court? He Great got point. out physical by Stefano Sitsipas. To me, that's the tell that I don't think he's going to have a below average year like you're talking about Fed, but I don't think he's going to be playing for the next four years at this level. No. Yeah. 
think I, I think yeah no 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 I agree Freddie I agree with you that he got out physical but I think he just played bad tiebreaker in that third and then when he got when he got to the fourth that's when it, when Sitsipas had him like he was like all right this guy's tired I got him and then I mean we, you get to the fifth set it was no cakewalk for him either like it was like six five he had to break back to get to the final set breaker so he, I mean he was right there but yeah he was tired and then he missed some easy balls in that third set breaker but yeah. Just trying to support my argument. <laughs> well, what was the <laughs> argument? I think you had a couple weeks ago saying that you thought Djokovic was only going to win two more for his career. I still stand by that argument. He's, he's already halfway there, man. We played. Well. I still stand by it. I think he's got a good chance to win on clay. Like I hate this guy, but he's so freaking good. I don't think he will. I don't think he will win it. Will, will, will win the French this year. You, I don't think he's the favorite going in, but he is damn close. I think team's a better clay court player than Jugfish is. I think I, we, we're really letting off the hook right now with how poorly he played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your heart, not your head there, Cole. I just do. I don't know. That's just a feeling. <laughs> I like to come on the podcast sometimes and just spew nonsense and let it <laughs> spew. <laughs> it's good to know. It's good to know that seasons change, but Cole does not. It's always a good thing to know. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. Yeah, it's just we're spoiled. And in, in, in in we're getting that – if we're if, – if tennis was, uh, like, a kid, we're getting to the end of our allowance and we're starting to go to, like – we're starting to go to college and we forgot how spoiled we were. Like, it was no yeah. – like, hey, I need gas in the tank. And, like, you know, mom and dad were like, yeah, sure, go right ahead. Now mom and dad are like, hey, go get a paper out. Yeah, like, we're getting to that point right now with the game. Yeah, but don't you remember when you're on a college campus and how exciting it is and how exciting those next couple of years are going to exactly. be? Exactly. That's the way I look at what's happening now. Like, to be honest, I can't wait for – it's going to be sad to see Fed go and Nadal go. I can't wait to see Djokovic go. <laughs> they're all gone, I'm so excited because – and I don't know what you guys think. Like, my, my thought on it is, like, for me – Heck yeah, we woke up at four in the morning to watch this final because it was someone new in the final. But to be honest, if it was Djokovic and Nadal, I don't think I was going to get up and watch it. Um, and really? I really just think, ah, it's just another, it's another one with these guys. And to, wow. me, to me, what got me into all of it was, wow, it's going to be either Medvedev or Tsitsipas. It's going to be a new guy that gets another challenge. Teams, yeah. teams Vera, but the U.S. Open, everyone – was bashing how bad that was. I was so happy to see that match because you that was a great match. human beings, not these crazy legends that are out there, like go to battle. And it's like when you watch golf and we were watching golf today and this guy goes for a little chip shot and he chunks it and it goes three feet in front of him. And you're like, wow, he's just like me on the golf course. It's like Zverev serving 25 double faults. Like, wow, this is like me in the four or five, mixed doubles league like <laughs> you know like that's to me that's more exciting than these same old same old over and over and i think a lot of these casual fans think that they're like ah okay fed's gonna win a 27th slam or whatever he's at like they don't even know they just and so having these new faces i think is an opportunity for new countries new fans new just everything to kind of get involved in tennis because I think some people are tired of the same old, same old, as good as it is. You think it's going to be closer to like that, like early 
Agassi, Sampras, Courier, like that kind of generation where you got like a, like a, a sneaky guy to come in win three or four and then like maybe one or two above the rest of the pack type tour? Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be the, I mean, we have these, what, three or four guys, Zverev, Tsitsipas, Medvedev, and team, I would say, are just a step above the Rublevs and kind of everyone that's just behind them. I think there's going to be those four guys. No one's really above each other, and they're just above that next tier of 10 guys. But I think in that next tier of 10 guys, we could see a slam or two from a couple of them. And then yeah. we can see three to five from anyone in that top echelon of four guys. That's such an interesting prospect too. Like if you get, if you get like Sadie's, I mean, Fed's going to go, right. He'll be out probably in a year or two. And then you get, you get them to start, you know, the dog, you say he's going to get older. Obviously he's going to get older. And he's not going to get, you know, he won't be as healthy. And then hopefully Djokovic's level sometime just decides to come down. We don't know if that's ever going to happen. But then you have, uh, you like you said, you have those those young group of guys at the top or younger group of guys, and then you can just mix them in with any veteran. Like you can mix them in with like like a Dimitrov, and you just don't, you just have no idea who's gonna win a slam. Uh, D- Dimitrov is he's gonna get nowhere close. I'm so done with Grigor Dimitrov and that average ass overhyped game that he gets because he is the, the hunkiest thing that's ever come out of Bulgaria. Yeah, but- you get what oh. I'm saying. Like, imagine yeah. if imagine if Fonini doesn't have to play Nadal on the course. Yeah, that's, 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 I'm I'm with you. Fognini, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, <laughs> like, like, like imagine like if it's like if it's Fonini versus Sitsi or like yeah. Shapovalov in a quarter. Well, he beat Chapo. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you, and that's what I meant about getting new fans, yeah. and new countries in because. Like we're sitting there and they're all oh, the Serbian fans are always loud. And it's like, we know these fans. It's like, I want to hear about the French fans and the Greek yeah. fans and the other fans that we've never gotten to hear about because it's either the Spaniards, the Serbians or the Swiss. And <laughs> I don't even know what the Swiss do. Aren't they like a neutral country and no one's leaving there and they just ski. Yeah, they're just, they're, just they're a big golf clap community. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're making, like rip like a 95 mile an hour backhand winner. They're like, yeah, they're making lint chocolate and Roger <laughs> is this is the greatest thing to come out of their country. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to see some new, I'm ready to see our country have some people at the, at this stuff, like outside the U S open. I'm tired of Man. Like, all these other countries. Fritz and uh, Fritz and big foe had two great looks at him. Two great looks at, at Djokovic. Oh, what could have been? Well, I like the, the one thing we did miss during the entirety of this tournament, and it's it, it I don't want it to be a flash in the pan, is how cool the lion Aslan, uh, uh, what's uh, what's his, the Russian? I'm blanking on his last name right Karatsev. Karatsev. Yeah, correct. How much fun was that? And how good these guys are that are still that are like clinging on to like a high tour status, like he he literally got hot at a challenger during the pandemic and went to four straight finals during it didn't lose a match or something like 31 and eight. And then this rolls because these guys are so they're so good. They're so good. It's just, it's okay for them not to be as good as Nadal Djokovic. Better. I, think okay. he was, I think he was like 112 or 111 coming into the, into the slam. And made, yeah. And it was like his th- second main draw he's ever played in a slam. It was like, unbelievable. First. Yeah, well, he mean, he played. He, there's two slams he didn't even play qualifiers. Yeah, and then and then there was some qualifying he played. But yeah, I think you're right. This might have been his first main draw ever. 
Um, and yeah, it was, it's crazy. I, I think that, I think that he is a flash in the pan, but I also do. I also think he's good. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't see him being like top fifty mainstay. But I think he's, I, he can probably hang around in like the 70, 60 range. But I don't, I don't, I don't for him specifically. I don't think he's hanging out top forty. Abs like that. I think you're going to be in the top forty. I mean, Brad. Gilbert- <laughs> Brad Gilbert said it best. He said, some people's thighs rub together. This guy's calves rub together. I've been seeing pictures all over Twitter. Like, this guy's the king of the calf workout. I was going to be very curious if this guy, you know, made it all the way to the final and ended up somehow winning. And then you've got Rublev, Hatchinov, and Medvedev all looking you in the face like, You've been here for five minutes. I'll be grinding. <laughs> well, who, who would Vladimir have given the Medal of Honor to then? Yeah, you know. His, his rations would have went up. He would have gotten more rations from the country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like, here, you said not a flash in the pan. Here's a question for you, too. I'm, I'm kind of picking another, I would call flash in the pan almost. Is it who ends up with a better career, Tennis Sandgren or Aslan Kratzev? Sandgren's, you know had better slam uh records like he's, right he's, he's oh yeah well but got, you, you don't you, you don't realize that aslan's 27 years old how old is tennis i don't know they're like this they're, they're almost the same age tennis might be even two years older yeah so i, 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 I thought think, i thought he was closer to 30 i thought he's I, I think that might be a little uh a little hurtful towards tennis there keith he hates tennis he hates a stupid sport if you remember, yeah. well, if he if he if he closes one match point against Federer, I mean, we're, we're having a completely different story. Yeah, but it's a, it's an interesting take. It's what I talked with you about, Cole. This guy was one fourteen in the world, had never gotten into a major. Now that he's gotten in, he's going to be forty four in the world. He gets to play every tournament for the rest of the year, and then that's how you get your career kick started. That's right. why these guys go around and try and get a high enough ranking towards 200, 250, 300 in the world, you get into a qualifying in a major, then you qualify. All of a sudden, you you win one match at a major. It's career changing. This guy just rattled off four. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how the next three months go for him. Well, you remember who did that? Uh, Jersey Yenowitz, and he was a hot flash in the pan. That was – yeah. Well, like you were talking about like that getting the ranking up for that. Is That was the one thing that – Tennis had to make another run because he did not take advantage of the first run. Like all Aslan Karatsev has to do from here on out is like literally play a, a barely sub 500 season and he'll be a, almost a seed at half these tournaments. Yeah. It makes like two rounds, like a 1000, like a second round, a 1000 makes like a third round at a 500 just once. He's going to pick, yeah, he's got to back it up. He's got to he's he's pick got, up 300 gonna, points on the season. He's got to play 500 ball the rest of the season. And then his, Schedule's basically set next year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think but, it's a flash. I just – that guy's too – like, you can see in some of these guys' games. I, I don't think it's a flash. I think he's got the game as long as he holds it in between the years. What's he at, what's he at right now in, in the rankings? I'll make the over-under prediction. I think I'll, book, I'll book it. I'm going to book it right here. I think they said he was moving into 44 or 45. LTR. I'll take him over under 50. I'll take him outside of top 58 by the – the end of the year. Let's see. I'm pulling up the uh, the uh, the LTR live live tennis. There's your boy Sineo, my boy Sineo. <laughs> 42. 42. 42. Right that is scary. Yeah. 
And I'm going to take him outside the top 50 by Shanghai. I think he's got nowhere to go but up. I, I say he finishes the year 37. You're right. He has no points to defend. Except for when he gets those challengers at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's beaten Dennis Kudla to the top 30. <laughs> That's tough, Fred, that you've just said that on the podcast. I think he's beaten Dennis Kudla to the top 30. How did Dennis do in the uh, in the uh, in the in the Australian Open? Dennis didn't go. Oh, that's 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 fake. <laughs> it's hard to make a top thirty without a uh, without a, without a uh, without a, any points at a major. It's all right. It's all right. I'm sure he had a he had a decent week in uh, Shaborg. I think I think he played Shaborg Challenger that week. I'm sure, he had the other things going. Maybe he didn't want to go down there and collect hundred k in quarantine for fourteen days. It's all right. Would love that life decision. All right. Oh. My ass, my ass would swim down to Australia for 100k in the quarantine for. <laughs> well, then you'd have to change your fantasy name from Roger Fatterer. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no. Anyway, I can slip in that I was the, I was the fat leap in high school instead of the athlete. That was. <laughs> <laughs> It, was, it just worked out real well that I went to college and, and the dad bod became a thing. And girls were like, we like a guy who's out of shape with a good personality. My head spun like a cartoon character. I was like, I was like oh, all right. <laughs> no way. We are keeping that in. Keith, do, you have a, uh, do you have a from the grandstand question for us this week? Um, I, I was thinking about uh, a couple, but the, the one that I wanted to, to kind of uh, – to pick up on was you want to do the Frankenstein one? You could build, you could build a tennis Frankenstein, meaning you could pick a forehand from any player, a backhand from any player, serve from any player, volleys or hands from any player, net game, uh, foot or movement, and an X factor. Yep. How you build in your player. but I, I put a condition on this because people always go, oh, is there serve or Carl? The guy can't be six eleven. You can't pick a six eleven serve and then pick like. Diego Schwartzman's movement. Like, yeah. it don't work. That, that, that don't work. So, right. oh. Frankenstein. All right, Keith, help me through this. We'll start with the forehand first. Forehand. Mm, oh, God. I'll write, uh, I'll write this down. I mean, I could totally – I could go, like – I could go generic here, but, it, I mean, that wouldn't be fun. Like, I could go with the typical, like, I'll take Roger Federer's forehand and blah, blah, blah. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, with time, I'll take Kevin Anderson's forehand. Ooh. Um, I'll do that. We'll go backhand. I'll take Vavrinka's. And if it's not Vavrinka, I'll take team. Because you have to stay with the oneies. Let's see. Volleys. It's a toss-up. Doubles players count? <laughs> Fine. I'll allow a doubles player. I'll allow, I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll take um, uh, volleys, man. Here we go. Here we go with volleys. I'll take Fed's hands. I'll take Roger's hands. Serve. Serve can't be can't be seven feet. Does Milos Raonic count as seven feet? Your player's now six six. You just made your player six six, just to let you know. So. You can have him at 6'6". Six, six. I'll allow that because nobody here. <laughs> Vavrinka may be the smallest guy here. What else do you need? What else do you need? 
Uh, so we got uh, we got movement, movement. I will take Djokovic's movement. That guy's scary. And and then and then and you need X, X factor, right? X factor. Any X factor from anything. So you could like, uh, you could pick any kind of weird X factor, any kind of fun X factor. Uh, I'll take the X factor of. Could be a weird. I'll take um, Richard Gasquet X factor of always regripping his racket. <laughs> Every change over. <laughs> I love it. Freddie, let's hear it. Oh, so forehand would be Juan Martin Del Potro. Love that. Backhand would be Stan, the man. Whew, serve. I think I – man. I think I got to take – I gotta take Rogers serve, man. Yeah, disguise. Yeah, yeah. I think Rogers underestimated the serve. Um, Volleys. Gonna take my own. You know, I was gonna say you, Freddie. (laughs) Take my own hands. I can make a little magic happen at the net. Um, You made a volley against me today that hurt my soul. Yeah. So. Backhand passing shot, everybody. I was going to say you were Stephen Huss. Three right? steps to his left. One of these guys, and pops up in the air and spins the net. My my fat ass is sitting back into the baseline, sitting on a racket. Like, <laughs> was sad. I was, like, so proud of my passing shot. Freddie made it look like a joke. <laughs> now, movement. The first guy that popped into my mind was pre-hip surgery Murray. Ooh. Um. But um, he's not pre-hip surgery, so I'll, I'll allow for most of his career. I mean, you kind of take the average. Yeah, yeah. take so the I'll, average of his career. I'll take Murray. Um, what else am I missing there? X factor. Um, X factor. Give me whatever Novak's takes to like get him <laughs> his to, diet, get his eyes wide, and whatever <laughs> he's eating and. Whatever Novak spiritualism, we'll call it that. And whatever, whatever he had that healed a complete oblique tear during a major, whatever he had there, whatever doctors or snake oil he's taken, that's my X factor. <laughs> All right, Keith, let's hear yours. Uh, forehand, it's it's the I think the second best shot in tennis history. I'm taking Federer. I don't care how generic it is. I, I, that is just he can do anything he want with it. The fact that he does it with that Eastern grip is just beyond me uh backhand uh love my love i named my dog after him guga i'm taking gustavo kirtan's backhand um i, I love vavrinka's backhand i think it's maybe the best one-hander of all time but i, I never really liked the way vavrinka returned on that backhand and, and guga could take and like you know there's no way you beat sampras indoors unless unless you can hit a backhand return yeah and, stands uh, chip, chip heavy yeah, his chip's heavy. I mean, it's just it, – I, I never loved that return. I just love the X factor of Guga. Um, serve, if I had – if you put a gun to my head and said I need somebody at normal height or, like, not weird height to hit a serve and win you a point and, and I don't get to pick Pete Sampras, I think you're just ridiculous. Yeah. I Pete Sampras every single day of the week and just watching him just, like, just bomb a second serve at 130 because he doesn't give a shit. And he knows he's gonna make it. And he knows he's better than you. I like, thought <laughs> I thought you were gonna pick Bublik. <laughs> <laughs> well, underhand chipping. 
I mean, Kyrgios, you, you could pick Kyrgios. I just don't think he has, like, we'll see how long it stands for the serve. But Sampras' serve, I think, is actually the best shot in tennis history uh, just because of just, like, how much that dominated. Uh, for hands, um, <laughs> I almost jokingly want to pick Donald Young because that's McEnroe said that uh, he thought Donald Young was the only player to have his hands as good as, as, as him. <laughs> um, actually, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to double down. I'm going to take Pete again. I'm going to take Pete Sampras's hands. If I could take two guys, if I could take the same player for two things. You think Pete Sampras has better hands than like Stefan Edberg? Yeah, I do. I really do. I, I think we forget how good Pete was. I, I really do think we, we every day forget how absolutely good of a tennis player he was and how he should be regarded as like the, I think he's better than Borg ever was. I think he should be regarded as like the fourth best tennis player that's ever graced this earth. And it's not for these three guys. He would be the second best uh, behind one of them. There's, there's, uh, movement fed. Oh, oh I was going to say before I stop you for the, oh, volleys, I, I don't want to miss the volleys. There's two guys one before that generation and one during that generation, both from down under that I oh, got you're picking Pat Rafter. You're picking the little, little, little Rafter just scoops out volleys and then rocket, rocket rod. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, in McEnroe, you can put in that list too. I mean, we're like the amount of hands that have just been, that we've forgotten about. And well, because the style of play has changed, but it's changed, but I just like, I, I still think there's still a place for serving volleying weirdly enough. I think the mental aspect of trying to serve and volley is so challenging. People just don't like watching the ball go by them, which is just going to happen. It's just something that's demoralizing when you're at the net and the ball just whizzes past you. It's not as demoralizing when you're at the baseline and you can't get it. Yeah, it was demoralizing today when they clipped the net and went by me. It, it clipped the net, clipped the net, and then sat up for you, and then you bitched about it on a clean yeah. winner down the line. Yeah, to hear this man absolutely smoke this thing down the line. I hear. Hey, 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 hey! Back to Keith's movement. Keith, I uh, think movement. you got movement. I think you got X factor left. I think movement is is fed. I'm fed. I don't think there's a cleaner guy who's ever moved on the tennis court. I, I just, I, I think. The way he the way he does everything. There was a study done. I listened to a a, a high level pro do a study where he took a look at ten thousand of Roger Federer's forehands, and on average, he takes seventeen steps to hit one forehand. It's like three or four more than the next highest pro. He just moves so well. I don't think he's the fastest guy. I don't think he is like, and that's what I think what makes his movement so good is that you would never put Federer in the top 10 of fastest guys on tour, but he gets everything. He moves around everything. He, he protects that backhand for 20 years. Um, and it's because of how well he moves. I think we like, that's an underestimated part of his game. I don't think his forehand is that good with that. Those two little things that move in one forehand more than I move it in the set. And that'd be his feet. <laughs> like, it's just, that guy is just so good when it comes to move, what, movement. What did Robbie Koenig say that he moves like Cole? Like it was uh, like a mongoose on amphetamines. <laughs> so good. That's so solid. And then uh, X Factor, I was going to go with the serious one. If my serious one would have been Nadal's mental capacity just to fight through a match. But my, my real X Factor, if we're going to have some fun with it, if we're going to have a lot of fun with it, it's, it's going to be Richard Gasquet's ability to avoid any punishment for doing drugs in the middle of his career. And that, that is just that, like, could you imagine being able to fuck around for your part of your career and then just be able to like, Hey, we're good. I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, you can just around forever you want. And, hey, don't worry about it. I'm French. And like, you know, it was somebody else's cocaine. I was just chilling. Gasquet <laughs> with a double feature. <laughs> Love that. That's why he grips so fast. He's jittery. He's got, he's, 
he's got everything going. <laughs> Maybe that's why Dan Evans is on edge all the time as well. Yeah, dude. Oh man, best best uh, acceptance speech of the year so far. Dan Evans wins the whatever Murray River or Great Ocean Road, and he he gets the trophy. He turns to his group and he goes, "I'd like to thank my 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 uh, my players' box. We've been through a lot together." <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, those guys. That's clean. Good stuff. Well, good. Well, thanks, Keith. Thanks for hopping on with us. Thanks for hosting us for a great weekend of some paddle and some golf simulators and everything we had going on. So appreciate it. Yeah, man, it was awesome. It was it was great having you guys down. I love love this. I mean, Cole and I started. I mean, I started playing tennis with Cole like four and a half years ago, and then. uh and like, it's so much fun to get both sides of the game with you guys. Like I get like the coaching aspect with Freddie, cause even though he coached so much higher level than I did, it's fun to talk shop. And then Cole and I just get the struggle, like trying to move up in those levels together, like try yeah. to bounce up from four out to four five, four out and just keep moving up. It's the game's enjoyable. And we have a good group of guys here that love it. And started in, started in college three years ago, three, four years ago. And now I'm getting rinsed in a tie break at Del Castle Tennis Center. Oh uh, yeah, and you moan and complain about a good forehand that I smacked. <laughs> I would you would I would have taken you to Olive Garden today too, baby. With double <laughs> endless <laughs> breadsticks over here at the Gorman household. Oh. Having we're setting up a there's going to be a city open stadium matchup between you two, best two out of three, and we're something's going to be on the line. I don't know what, but we're going to put something on the line in that match. It's my dignity. Well, I mean, it's it, I'm just curious, Fred. Is it worth the 30 minute drive out there for us to have a 28 minute match. Like, is that this, um, this is painful? This is painful. Uh, well, Cole said he can't. Steve, I mean, if you served anything like you did today, it's gonna be a long match. <laughs> I served like garbage today, <laughs> and I can't because I can't return. You, you just got to keep doing it. My return is it's so mental, it sucks. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, we should, yeah, we need to do. We should do that one in we're the gonna, summer. We're gonna live stream that on YouTube for everybody to watch. Do you really? Do you really want people watching my footwork? You want them to watch my footwork on that forehand wing? Is a like, couple fours going at it, Keith? No, this is an incentive for both of you to work harder and get a little better. That way, when you're on the YouTube live stream in early May, you're ready to go. Work harder, man. I picked up tennis four and a half years ago. Hitting against the wall, I was hitting against the wall by myself in yeah. 28 degree weather. I've been surpassed. We'll see. Time will tell. We'll see. May, gentlemen, this was an honor and a privilege, and I loved having you guys down uh, up here. I guess in the Philadelphia area, and I can't wait to yeah. do it again. Of course. Awesome. Well, thanks, Keith. We'll talk to you soon. See Stay you, boys. Keith. Recurring guest, Keith Gorman. Read the read my blogs. Read my articles. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. See you, buddy. See you.